I'm Samantha Sherris. And I'm Virginia Allen. And this is the Daily Signal Top News for Thursday, September 21st. Here are today's headlines. Encounters of illegal aliens on America's southern border have reached near record highs in recent days. According to the Border Patrol Union, the Biden administration ordered the release of more than 100,000 illegal border crossers in the U.S. between September 1st through the 20th. Cities like Eagle Pass, Texas, have become overwhelmed by the number of migrants arriving daily on the border, and the mayor there has issued an emergency declaration as a result. Former President Donald Trump gave a speech in Dubuque, Iowa on Wednesday and pledged that if elected president again, he will take an aggressive approach on border security and illegal immigration. Via CNN News 18. We'll carry out the largest domestic deportation operation in American history. Trump pledged during the speech that if elected, he will immediately end every open borders policy of the Biden administration. And speaking of the situation at the border, we learned today in an exclusive Fox News digital report that ICE has launched a pilot program to give illegal aliens a form of ID card. The cards have the illegal aliens photo on them, a QR code and identifying information and security details. According to ICE, the ID cards are to improve current inconsistent paper forms that often degrade rapidly in real world use. Heritage Foundation Visiting Advisor and President of the National Immigration Center for Enforcement, R.J. Hellman, told Fox that ICE should be arresting, detaining, and removing those who come here illegally, not doling out social services. You hear the term all the time, DEI, standing for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Well, a new report from the Heritage Foundation has found that the Commonwealth of Virginia's public universities have more DEI bureaucracies than any other state in America. Heritage Foundation senior fellow Mike Gonzalez is the co-author of the new report, and he joins us now to discuss. Mike, thanks for being with us. Hey, thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, it's it's kind of intuitive, right, because now Virginia has done a lot of things right after Youngkin got elected, Glenn Youngkin. But, but I think a lot of bad things happened before Glenn, Glenn Youngkin got elected. So what you found, uh, what we found in, 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 in uh, all these Virginia universities, including George Mason, by the way, uh, is that you have a lot of DEI baggage. And by the way, these DEI people are just political commissars. Uh, they are they, 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 they impose an ideology on the student body and the student, uh, on, on the professors. If you run afoul of this ideology, they'll come after you. These are so so so. This is a very a, a, a very unconstitutional thing that you have. Well, you know, it's really shocking that the Commonwealth of Virginia has even more of these DEI officials than a state like California. That's just so surprising. What do we know about what these DEI officers do on a day-to-day basis on these university campuses? Well, they pursue you if you run afoul of, of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Now, both you and I embrace diversity, equity, and inclusion correctly understood, right? Diversity is something we don't we, we like, same with the other two words. Under the, the that, that's under the traditional definition. 
under the redefinition of these words, diversity, for example, being uh, racial quotas, which are found unconstitutional under the, uh, the Supreme Court's 1978 Bakke decision. Uh, inclusion means uh, language codes. You cannot use certain words. For example, that kid in Colorado who wore the Gadsden flag on a, a Gadsden flag patch on, on, on his backpack to school, and the school said, no, 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 you cannot wear that because that's not inclusive language. Uh, that is, that runs the power of the First Amendment. And of course, the worst of all, equity, which is the functional opposite of equality, which says the government must treat people unequally according to race. So, so DEI officers, again, are political commissars, which pursue the student population if they run afoul of, 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 of DEI, understood under the new definitions. So then what should Virginia state lawmakers do in response to this news? Well, I think that obviously get rid of get rid of the bureaucracy in all public institutions uh, from from um, uh, UVA to George Mason to all the other public schools. We we cannot have all these things have come in really hot and heavy since the, the, the 2020 BLM riot when our elite institutions are uh, the managers of our elite, of our elite institutions bought into the fallacy that we were systemically racist and systemically oppressive, we have to go back and reverse a lot of these things that have been happening for the last few years. Mm. Well, Mike, we really appreciate your time. Mike Gonzalez is also author of the book, BLM, The Making of a New Marxist Revolution. Mike, thanks for your time today. Thank you. Some big changes are coming to Fox News. Today, Rupert Murdoch announced he is stepping down from his role as chair of Fox News Corporation and executive chairman of News Corp. Murdoch is 92, but says he is in good health. He made the announcement in a letter to his colleagues today. He said, I am writing it to let you all know that I have decided to transition to the role of chairman emeritus at Fox and News. For my entire professional life, I've been engaged daily with news and ideas, and that will not change. But the time is right for me to take on different roles, knowing that we have truly talented teams and a passionate principal leader in Lachlan who will become sole chairman of both companies. Lachlan is Murdoch's son, and he will officially become the sole chairman of both companies in November. Now for a little bit of international news today, Canada has experienced Fierce protests in recent days over gender ideology. Arrests were reported in Ottawa, Halifax, Vancouver, and also Victoria, as opposing groups clashed over how schools should address the issue of gender identity and how teachers should refer to young people who claim to identify as transgender. That's according to reporting from CBC News. Ottawa police reportedly said two people were arrested for inciting hatred by displaying hateful material during a protest in the capital, according to CBC News. The protest in Vancouver was large, with more than a 1,000 people present between both sides. The protests are in response to LGBTQ policies in the classroom and in extracurricular activities in Canadian classrooms. Specifically, the policy at the center of the protests in New Brunswick and Saskatchewan requires young people to get parental consent before teachers can use their preferred names and pronouns at school. 
Those in favor of the program say it's fundamental to parental rights. But those protesting against the policy say it's a violation of a child's rights. In response to the protests, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau posted on X, formerly Twitter, saying, let me make one thing very clear. Transphobia, homophobia, and biphobia have no place in this country. We strongly condemn this hate and its manifestations. And we stand united in support of 2SLGBTQI plus Canadians across the country. You are valid and you are valued. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky was in Washington, D.C. today. He met with President Biden at the White House and asked for more support in the war with Russia. Zelensky also had a private meeting with Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin at the Pentagon. And he has private meetings with Democrat and Republican leaders in the House and Senate. But he did not deliver a joint address to Congress. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy denied Zelensky's request to deliver a joint address to Congress. McCarthy told reporters he declined the joint address due to a lack of time and because Zelensky has already given a joint session. In August, Biden requested $24 billion in additional aid for Ukraine. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer told Press Today that Zelensky communicated to him that the war effort hinges on that aid. Zelensky reportedly told Schumer, if we don't get the aid, we will lose the war. But many GOP leaders say America can't continue sending billions in aid to Ukraine without any clear end of the war in sight. 29 GOP lawmakers sent a letter to the Office of Management and Budget today, voicing their opposition to Zelensky's request for an additional $24 billion in U.S. aid. The group of Republican lawmakers write that since Russia's 2022 invasion of Ukraine, the United States has appropriated $114 billion in supplemental funding for Ukraine and countries impacted by the situation in Ukraine. But they add that this number does not reflect the total amount that has gone to Ukraine, and they argue that the vast majority of Congress remains unaware of how much the United States has spent to date in total on this conflict. We can likely expect a fight in Congress in the coming weeks and months over whether more U.S. dollars will be sent to Ukraine. Well, and speaking of Ukraine, Poland says that it's going to halt sending weapons to Ukraine. Polish Prime Minister Mateusz Morawiecki wrote on social media that we no longer transfer weapons to Ukraine because we are now arming Poland. The timing of the announcement is no accident. There is a growing dispute between Poland and Ukraine over a temporary ban on Ukrainian grain imports. Earlier this year, European Union nations, including Poland, put a ban on Ukraine grain imports. The ban was put in place to protect local farmers who were worried about Ukraine grain undercutting the grain market in their countries. CNN reports that last week, the EU announced plans to end the ban, but three nations, Poland, Hungary and Slovakia said they intended to defy the change and keep the restrictions in place. Ukraine proceeded to file a lawsuit against Poland, Hungary and Slovakia for not abiding by the end of the grain ban. Now it appears Ukraine and Poland might be moving to mend their relationship. Kyiv's Minister of Agrarian Policy has reportedly spoken 
with his Polish counterpart today and issued a statement saying the two leaders discussed the situation and Ukraine's proposal to resolve it and agreed to find a solution that takes into account the interests of both countries. Poland has provided Ukraine with heavy weapons, including tanks and fighter jets, and the proximity of the nations to one another and to Russia makes their partnership critical. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening to The Daily Signal's top news. If you haven't had the chance, make sure to check out our morning show right here in this podcast feed, where we bring you interviews with lawmakers, experts, and leading conservative voices. Join us tomorrow morning for The Daily Signal interview edition. I'll be sitting down with Representative Aaron Bean of Florida's 4th Congressional District to discuss Confucius classrooms, where they are located throughout the U.S., and what's at stake if the U.S. isn't able to counter the communist regime's influence in American classrooms. Also, make sure to take a moment to subscribe to The Daily Signal wherever you like to listen to podcasts. We are across all podcast platforms and love seeing those five-star ratings and reviews roll in. Thanks again for listening. Have a great night, and we'll be back with you all tomorrow morning. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.